Coming up today on Locked On Hawkeyes, Trent Condon, LaShawn Daniels with you. We break down this running game and the offense. What has changed? Former Hawkeye running back will help us out on that front. We'll talk about the matchup with Wisconsin. Big rivalry game. Who can run the football this weekend? Certainly feels like it's going to determine who is going to walk away a winner. We'll make our picks for the week. And a little shout out to the basketball team's men's and women's side as they're off to great starts on the season. All coming up today on Locked On Hawkeyes. Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello again, everyone. I'm Trent Condon. That's LaShawn Daniels, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day, available wherever you get podcasts. And also, you can see us on YouTube. While you're there, hit the subscribe button. It helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. LaShawn, good to see you again. I was, of course, in Vegas last weekend, so we didn't get to do our normal Friday pod. And then I was late getting back. So we are here together on a Friday, getting ready for the matchup tomorrow against Wisconsin. How was the week? How you been doing? Uh, Good. Good. It's been actually pretty decent week uh the weather was actually all right here in chicago so um you know just excited to get back talking about uh the hawks and uh, exciting football weekend ahead of us so these last two weeks we've seen the offense take a huge step forward and you know there are things that obviously happen as it pertains to personnel we saw the move of jack plum back healthy again back out to tackle connor colby moves back inside now playing a guard position so you have that movement happening there but I don't think that's alone. I think we're seeing maybe some growth from that offensive line. Guys certainly playing at a higher level, but we see this seemingly year in and year out. It doesn't feel like there's ever a time, or very rarely, I should say, a time in the 24 years of Kirk Ferentz where here's our offensive line, and then they just roll out there, and that's what you have for the all 12 games. It feels like it's always you know, kind of moving pieces. So take us in from your perspective. Back when you were playing, they're shuffling guys in and out. They're always trying to find that right combination why does it feel like, at least from a fan perspective, it takes so long? It feels like it should be easy, right? You find your five best guys, you go out there and you just go, why with the zone blocking scheme? Why does it take so long a lot of these times to figure out the right guys in the right combinations? Yeah, so I think a big part of that is just the amount of cohesion that you have to find with an offensive line, especially in a zone scheme, right? Because you've got five guys on the line that essentially have to work together on the entire play because if one person goes bad on the play, right. Any zone runs, usually it's uh down arrival, right. Uh, those defensive linemen get through and they can make plays in the backfield. Right. So it's going to take, takes quite a bit of time for that offensive line to gel. And especially when you have, young guys on the offensive line as we currently do granted they've all played a decent amount of football but uh when you're talking about their classes right they're they're all pretty young so uh it takes quite a bit of a while for those guys to start gelling and really kind of get their feet under them and it can take several weeks uh throughout the season for those guys to really kind of gel into the in, into the run game when you have a young offensive line as you do as we do this year. And as we've seen, they've started to improve after, after that bye week and that Ohio state game, right. It was 
really, really rough up until that point. Then we got the Northwestern week, and granted, Northwestern wasn't a crazy strong opponent, but there was a lot of growth that we saw from the offensive line in that game. And I think that kind of confidence that they were able to build and getting guys in the right spots and, you know, obviously making a little bit of adjustments and how they're blocking in the run game, that kind of momentum carried over the following week and against Purdue, where we were, again, able to put out a very, very strong uh, output in the run game. And I really just think it's that that offensive line really starting to gel together. Uh, the coaching staff obviously is doing a really, really good job at this point. Uh, when you look at where they were at at the beginning of the year to at where they're at right now. So the goal is obviously continue to keep getting better week in, week out, and continue that progress uh, this Saturday against Wisconsin. Well, the training wheels are off, and it's something that, you know, uh, LaShawn, I've been waiting for for a long time with Caleb Johnson. We saw early in the season he is just special. Uh, LaShawn uh, Williams, he's a nice back, right? He's he's solid. Same thing mm-hmm. with Gavin. But – Caleb Johnson's special and special running backs coming through there. There's just something about him. Now the touchdown in the beginning of the third quarter, going up the right sideline makes a guy miss and he just glides out there. He just, he looks different than there's not been running many running backs at the university of Iowa that has kind of had his full arsenal, the speed that he has, the size that he has. He's just, he's been able to put it all together. What do you see? And outside of him being Ohio kid, I mean, we know that, (laughs) right? But besides that, what else is it about, Caleb Johnson that you see that that makes him such a special running back uh yeah um for starters obviously his speed is a huge huge deal uh when you have a guy like that that can eat up ground with each step that they take it makes it a lot easier on offensive line because hey like if I can only hold this block for a half a second right I know that this this back that we have back there is going to hit the hole and get there with with some true speed and be able to make me right so i think that's one thing that really really jumps off on the film when you watch caleb versus some of the other backs right like caleb might not be quite as you know quick feet as maybe lishan is but when you just look at his overall speed i really really feel like that makes a huge huge difference and his ability to run the football and he does a great job with how tall he is. Mm-hmm. He does an excellent job of pad level is very, very impressive um, when you're just watching him because it's not like he's not forcing himself to uh, run with low pads. It's kind of just a natural thing and it allows him to get those extra yards, break some break tackles where, you know, some guys might just kind of get hit and get stalled out with his natural pad level and his size it allows him to break through some of those tackles, get some extra yards, and really take plays that might go for three yards and turn them into 10, 20-plus yard games. And we saw that quite a bit uh, last weekend, uh, the last really, really the last two weeks uh, against Purdue and Northwestern. Um, you know, that first big run he had early in the game against Purdue, it was a run where he essentially – like when you watch it back, like he ends up making the wrong read because the way that the guys were blocking it, like he should have cut inside. But because of his speed and his ability to break through tackles with natural pad level, it allowed him to essentially make that play right and create an explosive out of it. And when you have guys that can just create plays like that, um, even when they make a wrong decision, that's what really makes those guys special and you know can take an offense to the next level. Um, in, in the run game. So 
it's been really, really exciting to watch him continue to continually get better. And as he, uh, you know, gets more reps and gets more game game speed um, reps at this level and, you know, improves on some of, you know, some of the fundamental things, he's going to end up being a very, very dangerous back uh, to the point where, you know, he has the, as he will have the potential of being a first team all big 10 running back and, um, and, you know, growing from there. So I'm really, really excited to, to watch him. Exciting time, certainly for Caleb Johnson in this offense, showing some signs the last two weeks. It's Wisconsin coming up this week. We're going to talk about that matchup. Today's episode is brought to you by underdog sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. We'll talk about the Badgers. One final thing. One thing that we do have to put in there, it was Northwestern Purdue, two teams that have struggled defensively this year. Wisconsin's going to be a different animal. Not just the run game, though, but the pass game has come forward here. We're seeing wide receivers get involved. Deontay Vines, he showed up wearing number zero out there, which is still weird to see (laughs) on a football field. Guys out there wearing number zero. It doesn't bother me. I like it, but and it just looks weird, doesn't it? Uh, that's funny. So when I was actually back up at the complex uh, at the game, Northwestern game the other day, I was like, like I was asking the equipment manager, Greg, I'm like, yeah, who who convinced you to let a receiver go out there and wear number zero? Because I know you guys weren't very, very big on letting skill guys wearing single digit numbers, let alone yeah. uh, number zero. And he's just like. Oh, you know, it's the it's the times now, right? Like the times are changing. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's 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 a little ridiculous, but you know, we'll let it slide. Uh, did, did you so, want to wear? Did you wear want to wear a single digit? So I actually thought about it. I thought yeah. about it. Uh, you know, but when I was when we were there, basically it was like they were like, yeah, the number that you that we giving you, yeah, you're just gonna you're just gonna take it, and then uh-huh. that is what it is. <laughs> so like, cause how they do numbers, um, a bunch of times is. They basically just look at you, and uh, when you when you come in, they're just like, "Yeah, okay, you look like you're gonna be like for me, for example, they're like you just look like a 29, so you're gonna wear a 29, and then, then like that was basically it. So uh, wasn't too much uh, decision making there, but obviously it's a, it's a little bit uh, different now. Yes, yeah, a little, little bit more pull for the young guys, and that's okay. That's part of the evolution of this Iowa program. We'll continue to. Talk about that evolution here as we continue on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. I'm Trent Condon. He's LaShawn Daniels. And I want to tell you about another great podcast that we have on the network. It is called Lockdown Sports Today. For your second listen, check out Lockdown Sports Today, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reaction, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. As we continue here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, Myself and LaShawn, we're going to break things down. Take a look at Wisconsin. Great rather game throughout the years. What's it like to play against the Badgers? And that's a team that has also changed as they moved defensively to the 3-4. What makes that so difficult for the Iowa offense as they have struggled? We'll talk about that as we continue. This is Locked On Hawkeyes. This episode brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up the college football season. You go to the Underdog website, very easy, create account, and there are so many different pick choices for you each and every week. Taking a look at over-unders for player totals. Might be looking this weekend at something like Arkansas. And, of course, K.J. Jefferson, he has battled this year. Injuries, take a look at that passing total. 271 is the number. You think he's going to throw for more than that this weekend? Then you take them against LSU. You take the over. Very simple to do. It is great to do, and you can make pickums. 
just like that. Available in over 30 states. You can pick anywhere between two and five players across any team. doesn't have to be your team. It could be anybody's. we mentioned there with Arkansas this weekend. Sign up with promo code LOCKEDON. It's all one word, LOCKEDON. An underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code LOCKEDON. Get in on college football pick'em action today. Trent Condon, LaShawn Daniels with you on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. It is the Badgers this week. Now, it gets started tonight. So this evening, we got the toolbox game. This is when the managers get to go out there and do that. So what was that like? I mean, these are guys that are helping you out with all kinds of things throughout the course of the year. I had some buddies that were uh, part of the program and, and part of the manager staff uh, when I was in school. So got to know a little bit about this and the toolbox game. That's a big event. Were you guys able, were you ever able to get over there just because you're locked up in the hotel room, weren't able to see this matchup each and every year? Yeah. So it's definitely a big deal. The managers look forward to it every single year. And, you know, we're always excited for them to actually get out there and play. I mean, they're around us all the time, just helping us uh, and whatnot. So uh, for them to actually get a chance to play against some some other people is a pretty, pretty exciting time. Cause I'm sure a bunch of those guys are guys. I would love to play college football. Um, so for them to get an opportunity to go out there and play against another another group of managers is always really exciting. They look forward to it every single year. But unfortunately, we never got to watch it. Who knows if they get to watch it, watch it now. Um, but there's yeah, a, they there's usually... a link up now because they're, uh, it's on YouTube. I saw there was yeah. a link. I put it out on the Lockdown Hawkeyes uh, Twitter account. So if you want to find that link, it'll be there and you can watch it tonight. Yeah, see, there we go. Um uh yeah so like when we were in school like yeah we were basically just like yeah we're locked up you don't get to watch it or anything <laughs> like that we basically would just come the next morning and then you know hear either the good or bad news right, right? um so no it, it is definitely a big deal and the managers take very very big pride in um, competing against each other and, and it's exciting for those guys but yeah. yeah it's definitely something if you can get a chance to watch it so definitely go check out the link uh this this evening and Watch game. I'm sure it's going to be exciting and a good one um, because they're usually always close every single year. So uh, it's definitely exciting for, for those guys. Keep the rusty toolbox in Iowa City. That's what we need. And most importantly, though, we need to get the bull back in Iowa City, Wisconsin this week. And we'll know going into the game just the importance of this one as it pertains to the Big Ten race. If Purdue can upset Illinois, really sets down this showdown to meet a whole lot and the possibility of whoever wins the game between the Hawkeyes and the Badgers. Uh, getting into Indianapolis once again. So Wisconsin, I want to start with what they do schematically, what they do defensively, that 3-4 alignment. It's a it's a rarity in college football. I mean, of course, we've seen more and more teams go to what Iowa does now with the cash position and, and an extra defensive back. But that 3-4 scheme, it starts up front. You got to have a good nose tackle. If you're going to run it well, you have to have that guy in the middle. That's why I'm concerned this weekend, just because of the struggles we've seen from Logan Jones uh, so far this year because their big guy in the middle, Benton, he is back, and he's back playing at a high level. He's been playing through an injury. It looks like he's getting close to 100%. Uh, he, that is where it all starts. So the 3-4 and then you know, kind of being able to bring that fourth player from wherever they want without blitzing, if you will. What makes that so difficult for the Iowa offense to figure out what the Badgers are trying to do? Yeah, so for starters, the fact that they do run a 3-4 makes it difficult mainly because teams like you said teams don't run it in college football it's very very rare to see uh in college football because you have to recruit a certain type of player uh 
you know, uh, at the nose tackle position and, you know, at those outside outside linebacker positions. You got to recruit some unique players there. And a lot of places you just don't get it. In the NFL, you see it a little bit more um, because obviously you kind of have the freedom to pick and choose players that fit that mold. But in college, you don't really have that luxury. So we don't see it very often. So we don't really practice against it. Um, and, you know, as you when you think about Iowa and you think of our, our zone running scheme, the three, four makes it very, very difficult if the center isn't, um, you know, where really, really, really want them to be, you know. So we, we know we've seen Logan struggle a little bit at the center position, and we know he's new to the position, right? And he's he's going to get better. He's going to improve. But that three four uh, matchup right there is something that is can be a little little worrisome because in that type of in that three four defense, the center is essentially one on one. They don't really get any help. They've got to <laughs> they've got to move and keep keep that that nose tackle um, from getting penetration and disrupting the play before the play even gets started. Um, and then you've got outside linebackers that essentially set the edge immediately on both outside zone runs and especially in as well as inside zone runs. So it very, it limits where you can go um, in that run game. And then you've obviously got linebackers kind of flowing all over the place uh, whether you have, you know, the the Mike and the Jack, and then you've got the Will and the Sam on the outside of the line, and then they will move those guys around all over the place. So you've got to be locked in as offensive line. You've got to make sure that, hey, you get the the ID point, depending upon how Iowa does it this week, whether they ID the Mike linebacker or the Jack linebacker. We call the Jack is essentially the that second inside linebacker because you've mm-hmm. got to add an additional, um, you know, tag or name um, since they have four linebackers instead of three. Uh, so it's very, very tough in the run game, but there are opportunities, especially if you can get those guys blocked because there's natural giant natural gaps in, in that three, four scheme. So if your guys can be on the same page and work to the correct ID and get a hat on a hat, you can usually create some explosive plays in the run game, uh, against a three, four defense. And then, where it really, really gets difficult is in the pass game and picking up those guys on those third down packages and second and long when they start moving those guys around and they're blitzing different people and they're standing guys up. That's really, really starts to get difficult, um, especially for a young offensive line. So they're really, really going to have to make sure that they're they're locked in and, and working to the right people. On top of it, and Kirk talked about this earlier in the week, where whoever runs the football, that's the team that wins this game a majority of the time. So when you guys got ready for Wisconsin, rivalry games, they're all different in different fashions. I've told you before, I grew up in North Central Iowa, right on the Minnesota border. The Minnesota game is always the biggest for me. Love the pig and everything with it. I have family in Minneapolis, but I also had family in Madison. And aunt and uncle and cousins lived there. So this was always a big rivalry game for me. So when I was growing up, LaShawn, you you won't believe this, but back in the 80s, I mean, we just throttled this gun. They were terrible. Before Alvarez got there, they were awful. And it was great. I mean, you just beat up on Bucky <laughs> and they were bad. And it, it was just an easy win on the calendar. I mean, it looked like for many of those years, I mean, they tried to run the beer, for God's sakes. In the 80s, they tried <laughs> to run the beer. And just an absolute disaster out there at the Big Ten level. So they obviously have turned into now the power of the Big Ten West. And Iowa, early on in Kirk's tenure, really had their number. But started to flip back the other way. And the two victories that they've had recently, 2015, you were in that game, the 10-6 game, and 
Thank goodness that the center stepped on the quarterback uh, foot as it looked like they were going in for a score on that one. But you guys got the win on the way to 12-0 and and then uh, back in 2020. And what a weird season that was. The importance of this one, this rivalry component. And what did Kirk talk about when it was Wisconsin? You knew it's going to be physical. I'm sure that was always the message. We got to be ready to go. If we're going to be the bullies of the Big Ten, you got to show it in a game like this. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. And it honestly, it came down to which team is going to be more physical, which team is going to be tougher, which team is going to essentially be able to grind it out in the run game. And every t- every year I think of when we played Wisconsin when I was there, a big part of the reason why we couldn't win those games is because they were a lot more physical um, in the run game and they were able to you know sustain drives and keep drives alive by running the football and essentially putting that pressure on the defense and we weren't able to do that on our end, right? I think back back in 2015, we were able to get some stops. We were able to create some plays defensively. Des, Des had a great game with two with two picks that day, and Jordan Kanziri rushed for over 100 yards that day. Again, right, we were able to create some big plays uh, there, which able to allow us to, allow us to win that football game. Um, and when you think back on that fumble play on the goal line, uh, one of our D linemen, uh, Faith, was able to get some good penetration, essentially blowing the center back, which caused right and the stuff on uh, quarterback's foot. Fumble football, we recover, right? Little things like that. We were able to be more physical um, to help us win that football game. And then you think back in 2020, as weird as a year that, as it was, uh, physicality was something, again, it jumped off on the tape, right? And you just think of, you know, really towards the end of that football game where Tyler Goodson ripped off like 70-yard touchdown run, really just kind of uh, put that game away and really kind of summed up, uh, you know, how that how that game went and which allowed us to get that victory. And then when you think about the times where we lost, like think of last year, again, we had an opportunity multiple times, I think it was like third and short and then a fourth and short where we couldn't convert, right? Those are type of plays where that really determined these type of football games against Wisconsin. And Coach Ferentz always harps on it every single year. Like these are those are the plays that are gonna you know essentially win or lose you a football game because the team at the end of the day that's gonna be more physical in this matchup is typically the team that's gonna win this football game because you know uh, the history of both these schools and this rivalry. You know that these teams are gonna play their brand of football. They're not changing it. They're not switching it up. Nothing. So whichever whichever brand of football ends up coming out um, and staying. Uh, true to themselves is usually a team that's going to win that football game. So uh, that's going to be the big, big piece for us, for us tomorrow, um, making sure that we can play Iowa football. We can run the football with success and be able to convert those got to have it plays when those opportunities present themselves. Cause there's going to be a couple um, both offensively and defensively that, you know, you're going to have to convert. And typically the team that's more physical at the end of the day is a team that's going to end up pulling this out. So, um, I'm excited, excited. Uh, both teams have been playing really, really well over the past few weeks. Um, so we should be set up for, for a really good football game tomorrow. Looking forward to that one. That'll be part of our picks here presented by bet online. As we wrap things up here on the lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, we'll make our picks of the week. LaShawn, he's been dominating me this year. So I think I got back last time, a couple of games, maybe idea, but I got to go back <laughs> and uh, go through the archives and figure out what our season standings are as we go into <laughs> the stretch run here and, and we'll have a little something on the line as we come down to the end. Also, some basketball talk as we continue. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries, 
package thefts spike nationally. That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. It's Simply Safe was what I have in my home, both in the front and the back. The security cameras are excellent, high-tech sensors. If something else goes wrong, they have you covered. Crystal clear HD live stream of everything going on with your security cameras. Share it and with Simply Safe professional monitoring systems, they always have your back. Simply Safe was named Best Home Security System of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report for a third year in a row. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash lockdown college. This is their biggest discount of the year. Don't want to wait. Simplysafe.com slash lockdown college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Trent Connell, LaShawn Daniels back with you one final time as we get ready to make our picks for the week. And, uh, well, this is bad work out of me, LaShawn. I, I didn't throw you the games that we're going to be picking this week. So I'll, I'll go first this week so at least gives you a, a little bit of time to bullet it over. Uh, first game, Illinois-Purdue. It's in Champaign. Six and a half is the number. So the way that I look at this game is both teams, of course, lost last week. That Purdue team, though, they, they look worn out. You know, they look physically beaten up. I know Charlie Jones, he's dealing with injuries, and, and short of him, there just aren't a whole lot of playmakers on that team. Aiden O'Connell's an excellent quarterback. Illinois, I think there's going to be a bounce back here. They know what's on the line with Michigan looming the following week for them. They know a win here certainly is going to put them in control and a trip to get to Indianapolis. I'm going to lay the points here. I'm going to lay the six and a half. Give me Illinois with my first pick. Yeah, uh, the thing about this game is when you look at Purdue, offensively they they're not as kind of not as good as you would have thought they would have been um really up to this point in this football season i mean you watched them last week whenever o'connell could not get that ball to charlie jones it was like he was either taking a sack or it was an incompletion right or it wasn't anything that was really moving the ball forward and then we know their struggles defensively um and then you look at illinois See, so, yeah, they had a tough they had a tough week last week against you know a Michigan State team that probably had much higher expectations this year than you know how they've shown. So I think Illinois is going to bounce back from watching Purdue last week. I don't really see much that they can really kind of get to at this point. I mean, because at this point, you know, we know what they are, and they haven't really shown anything really outside of Charlie Jones that really gets, gets me to believe that in this game that they're going to make that jump. So Illinois and, and Purdue's on the road too. It's going to be, it's just going to be a tough, tough football game. So uh Bill, Bill going to hit, get those guys ready to rock because you know, what's at stake. So uh yeah, give me Illinois and uh, the points. Another one in the early window, 11 o'clock central kickoff. It is LSU after the huge win a week ago against Alabama. They go to Arkansas to take on the Razorbacks. It's been Certainly an uneven even season for Arkansas. They're five and four in the season. KJ Jefferson, he's been struggling with injury this year. Not the season that I think a lot of people anticipated they were going to have after really taking a big step forward uh, last year. Yet something stinks about this one. The point spread, and this is what I like to sniff out as a gambler, LaShawn. Something just smells here. You think, <laughs> you know, LSU, they should be favored by a touchdown, something like that. The point spread's just three and a half. And because of that, and because I've been a degenerate for 25 years now, well, it's been longer than that. I, something just stinks here. I'm going to grab Arkansas in the points. Give me the Razorbacks plus three and a half. Yeah, this is an interesting game because Arkansas 
like you saw them at the beginning of the season and you're like, oh, they might actually be okay. And then they had a stretch where they just looked awful. Uh, and then they bounced back again. And then last week they lost to a, a decent Liberty team. But again, it's still Liberty, right? So it's like, uh, you know, where are they at? And LSU, uh, we saw them at the beginning of the year and you were like, oh, they might not be that good. And then now you watch them, you're like, this is actually a football team. And Jaden Daniels is a fantastic football player. And three and a half, even though they're on the road, I, I got to take LSU. Uh, I got to take LSU. They 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 look really, really good. Um, and I don't really see them slowing down. Going with LSU. All right, opposite sides on that one. Our third pick this week, another one in the SEC. It's Ole Miss as they play host to Alabama down in the Grove. Uh, heard nothing but great things. I got to get that, cross that one off the bucket list for college football sometime. Maybe down the road. Gonna have to wait for the kids to get a little older before he can make trips <laughs> down uh, like I used to back in the day. But this one, Alabama coming off a loss. The number's 11 and a half. And that's the scary part. You know, Alabama this year, they easily could be five and four. Now they've lost two at one possession games, two overtime games. It could be the other direction. They're still undefeated. Still, that number just is it's so, so big. Ultimately, I gotta grab the points here. I'm gonna take Ole Miss. We know what this would mean for Lane Train if he could pull off the upset, but just because there ha- have been so many cracks in the armor of Alabama this year, I'm going to grab the points here. Give me Ole Miss in the 11 and a half. Yeah, that line is crazy. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they know something that I don't, but that line is insane, especially on the road too. Like that's, that's tough. Um, Bryce Young, fantastic quarterback, phenomenal quarterback. Honestly, if Alabama didn't have Bryce Young, they mm-hmm. might actually be five and four, like legit yeah. and uh, legitimately. Um, he's the one that's essentially willed them to, to their record at, up until this point. Um, but with that line so big and Ole Miss over the, over really the past kind of decade has done a really, really good job against Alabama. I can't see, I can't see Alabama covering that 12 points. Yeah. Give me, give me Ole Miss. So we're jumping aboard together on Ole Miss. All right. Our fourth pick before we pick the Iowa, Wisconsin game, a big one in the big 12. That's where game day is going to be this weekend. I was disappointed. I wanted to go to New Orleans for the Tulane game against UCF. Unfortunately, they're going to Texas to see the Longhorns again. Okay, fine. TCU undefeated. Another stinky line here. It's a touchdown. There's no way Texas should be favored by a touchdown. When something stinks, Vegas is telling you something, and they're telling us something here. I'm going to lay the touchdown. Give me Texas. And when TCU pulls out another tight one late in the game, I'm just going to be left scratching my head. But I'm going to take the Longhorns (laughs) here. Yeah, see, this is another interesting game because, first off, TCU, I saw a stat where, like, almost every team they've played, they either got their opposing team's quarterback benched or injured. So, like, I don't know what, like, what type of physicality that they are playing with over there, but it's really, really good. But that said, again, this is another big line where I'm just kind of looking. I'm like, dude, they, they must know something that we don't. Like, it's 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 getting to that point, though, where – just some of those games where teams separate themselves. November is really the month of separation where, you know, the teams that are actually going to be competing for a national title make that jump. And then teams that were, you know, kind of end up being pretenders kind of fall off. And I know TCU has done really, really good things this entire football season. And I, I see them continuing to do really good things, but seven and a half is a huge line. So I'm taking Texas, but I still think TCU is going to, Going to go with that one. All right, so we wrap things up here with the Iowa-Wisconsin game. One and a half is the number. 
low total. I'm going to play the under again, as I seemingly do every single week now with Iowa in their uh, total for the game. But this matchup here, we've talked about the breakdown. What is the reasons that Iowa struggles with this Wisconsin team, especially trying to run the football many times? Let's uh, look at it. I got to see it. And until I see it, yeah, the offensive line took steps forward. It was against Northwestern and Purdue. This is a good defense. This is a top 25 defense nationally, both against the run and total defense. And until I see it, I got to go with Bucky here. Give me Wisconsin. I'll lay the one and a half. So this is an interesting game. Interesting game. Um, both teams have been playing really, really well uh, up until this point of the football season. I mean, over the last few weeks of the football season, both teams have been playing really, really well. Both teams have gotten back to what they do best. And uh, that's really going to be the determining factor, which team can play their brand of football uh, this weekend. And I feel like Iowa has done a really, really good job of getting us better and better each week. And we know how good the defense is. Um, and we know that they're going to play lights out, but it's really going to fall back on this offense. Can we run the football? And can Spencer continue to make the plays that are called with him when uh, needed? And I feel like he can. Um, I'm really, really excited about this week because uh, he's shown a lot of growth over the past few weeks, and he's going to have to make some plays, and I think that he can, um, especially getting some of some of his guys back and those guys getting more reps and receivers getting a little more, more comfortable. They've been able to create some big plays. So uh, I'm going to take uh, Iowa on this one. Um, give, me, give me Iowa and the points. Uh, let's go, Hawks. All right, going with the Hawkeyes, and let's hope LaShawn gets this one right. Certainly this week. That is our picks brought to you by Bet Online. Find all the latest odds, news, and scores at Bet Online. Well, Sean, uh, fun week here of the podcast. A lot going on. We got that you know, difference with both basketball going on and, of course, the football side of things. So that's going on. We get to see the guys back on the hardwood tonight. They take on North Carolina AT, but it ramps up next week. They'll have a road trip out to Seton Hall in the Gavin Games. Good Seton Hall team, and uh, what's still looming for them is they'll go down to Florida, have the Duke game in Madison Square Garden, of course, Iowa State uh, coming up in December. going to be a fun basketball season. The women's team last night, they set a scoring record. Hardwood's going to be fun this year and uh, going to be plenty to talk about with the basketball teams. I know you're pumped up, too. You're a football guy, but you still like your hoops. Yeah, yeah. I love I love good good basketball. Um, I love watching both both the Hawks play, and then I just love watching the NBA. Uh, Iowa women's team. As good as Caitlin Clark is, and she's really, really fantastic. Obviously, can be one of the best players in the country. Their front court is excellent as well. And then Iowa, the men's team, Tony uh, Parkins, really, really good basketball player. He's really exciting to watch. He's so, my dude. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch both teams uh, uh, play this year. Uh, we'll have plenty on that going forward. We still got lots of football in front of us. Wisconsin this week, an instant reaction podcast. Cover your way on the Saturday after the game. We'll have you covered here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. We'll also have a Lockdown Now, a little recap of things coming up tonight after the men's basketball game, and then I'll get ready for next week. The stretch run, the matchup for the pig coming up next week with Minnesota, and then, of course, the final week against Nebraska. Big weeks in front of us here. We will talk about it all. LaShawn, thanks for joining us. We'll talk next week. Yes, sir. Go Hawks.